Welcome. Glad to have you here with us today. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our Holy Gospel is from the fifth chapter of Matthew, beginning at verse 13. Glory to you, O Lord. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It no long, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled down. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do, people, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven." The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me in praying together the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, Granted by that same Holy Spirit, we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. So, just a little refresher from last week. How was your journey this week? How was your uh, faith journey this week? with that whole sense of, I gave, you a, I gave you a suggestion last week, gave you a way of thinking about, a way of moving ahead with your path in life, that leading with blessing. Leading with blessing. All right, let's just have everybody just speak up and tell us. No. <laughs> I'm sure you're just all so eager to want to tell me all about your week last week, and how it was that you had this opportunity to lead with blessing. My question to you is, did that whole idea, did that whole concept, did it have any staying power from this past weekend? I, I think that's one of the things that pastors often wonder is, you know, it's like, are people hearing what's being said? Are people actually taking something that the pastor may actually say that supposedly, or we believe, we just got done praying the Holy Spirit prayer, you know, that this is an inspired Holy Spirit moment in time where God is speaking to us and that I'm just the voice and I'd like to think that I come to you with the same sense of humility that the Apostle Paul comes to you, that I do not claim to have ultimate wisdom or knowledge about anything other than the fact that I am here to preach Christ crucified 
and that Christ Jesus is Lord and Savior of our lives, and it's because of Jesus Christ, that that's the only reason why we gather together every single Sunday, because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. And that's what I bring to you. And the question is, for me, every single day is, does those things have staying power? You know, I think one of the things that I, I think that one of the things that Martin Luther got right no, Martin Luther was wrong about some things, but there was one thing I think he was right about, and that was that we come before the Lord on a daily basis. We come before the Lord every single day of our lives, and we remind ourselves again that we are a baptized child of God, that we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever, and that Jesus has put his promise upon us, that he has laid his covenant upon us, and if that isn't enough, then we go even a step further and we do things like saying, Jesus loves me, or that Jesus says, I am blessed, and that I have been blessed so that I can be a blessing to others. That's another one of those things that we can do each and every day of our lives, is to remind ourselves of those things, to daily acknowledge and affirm that identity that we have in Christ, that we are blessed it's pretty important, and it's a vital part of our life together. And that was the other piece of that part that I wanted to remind you of, God, that this is not something that we just individually do, but it is a corporate thing that we bless corporately. It's just like today in our gospel passage where Jesus says, you are the light of the world. He's not talking about, Bud, you're the light of the world, or Dave, you're the light of the world, or you know, whoever. He's saying, y'all, you all, y'all. No, use a good old Texas term. Y'all are the light of the world. That means that we corporately together, we are a light. I mean, we are also individually light, but the, but the most important thing to remember is we are light together. You know, there was a time, now, you know, but maybe my sermon's going to go a little bit more individualistic today, perhaps. We'll see. There was a time, not so long ago, when we would refer to others in our life, people who have affected us and who have had impact on our lives, there was a time when we used to refer to them as people who were salt of the earth. I can remember being a young kid, and my grandparents would come to visit, and my parents, and they'd be sitting around, they'd be talking, and oftentimes they'd be talking about people in the community, and especially people who perhaps had passed away in the last you know, week or month. And You know, small-town America, everybody knows everybody, right? That's the, that's, the, that's the beauty of small-town America in a certain sense. It's a beauty, but it's also a curse. You know, small-town America, everybody knows everybody. But we know everything that's kind of lousy about the person, but we pretty much know everything that's good about the person, too. And that was a phrase that was tossed around a lot in my house. You know, they were the salt of the earth. I'm not sure if I hear that very much anymore. I've been doing some reflecting this week and thinking about people in my life who are still and who have been salt of the earth for me. And those people that I consider who are salt of the earth they are the people, now excuse my, I ha, I, you know, it's, it's like, okay, we're talking about salt. I, I, I just had to do this, so bear with me. These are people in my life who I have savored and I have appreciated being around. They're people 
who have seasoned my life. They've sprinkled their salt on me and that they've enriched my faith by their presence, by their saltiness, by their humility and their faithfulness, their empathy, their sense of justice and inclusion. There are so many other words, and I think that's one of the things I want to challenge you to do this week, is I want you to think about those people in your life who have been salt of the earth to you in your faith journey. And think about some of those adjectives, think about some of those words that come to mind when you think about why that person was salt of the earth to you. Name it. Name it. Take the time and actually name the reasons why those people were salt of the earth to you. You know, from a historical standpoint, during the time of Jesus, and even up, even as not so long ago, as, as most recent as probably 125, 130 years, a year, years ago, that's not very far away, really, when you think about it. That was probably back in the early 1900s or even the late 1800s. That's not very far away. But during the time of Jesus, up until about the early 1900s, salt, salt was a very precious mineral. It was one of the most precious economic commodities in the world. We don't even think about that anymore, do we? Salt is so readily available to us now today, we don't give the thought of salt even a second thought. And yet, the point that Jesus is trying to make here is that this is something that was very important. I think if you take just, I think it would be of interest to you to take just a moment of time and just Google the history of salt. I want to just share a few things that you might be interested in knowing about the history of salt. Did you know that as early as the 6th century in the Sub-Sahara, there was a group of merchants who traveled around. They were called Moorish merchants. And that they were routinely, they were routinely known to have traded ounce for ounce, ounce for ounce, salt for gold. That's how valuable salt was 2,600 years ago. Did you know that Roman soldiers were oftentimes paid that portion of their wage in salt? If you look at the actual word for it, it comes from the Greek language, and it's, it's, it's called solarium argentum. Solarium argentum, which means salt money. And actually, if you look at our modern-day word salary, you get paid a salary, you get paid a salary, you get paid a salary. That comes from that phrase, solarium argentum. Are you worth your salt? Are you worth your salt in being paid? That's, that's in, in essence, that's what that means. Did you know that there have been numerous wars over history that have been fought over who had control of salt? That is how valuable salt was. And we don't even give it a second thought today, do we? The point is, is that when Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, he was saying, you, you all are precious. You all are of great value. And I think people understood that when he said that. 
Because people understood the value of salt and how precious and how valuable it was. And I think it's time for us to rediscover what Jesus is really saying to us, that we are of great value, that we are precious. I appreciate what David Lose, David Lose is a pastor at Mount Olivet Lutheran Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I like what he has to say about this sense of identity that we have in Christ. He says, Jesus doesn't say, he does not say, if you want to become salt or light, do this, or before I'll call you salt or light, I need to see this from you. Rather, he says, both simply and directly, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It is at the very core of our identity. It's part of those thing, one of those things that we remind ourselves and tell ourselves every day of our lives. Jesus affirms this in us. Reverend Janet Hunt is another pastor that I appreciate reading. And she says this, she says, when Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, it means and it affirms in you and in me that you are of great value. And then she says, and just think, and just think of all the varied ways the gift that you are, the gifts that you offer, and how they impact the world. She further goes on, she says, as far as I can tell, salt never actually loses its taste. Salt is only useless when it is not used. And that's the other thing I want to challenge every one of us here today to think about. Salt is of no use. Your saltiness, your saltiness is of no use if it just sits on a shelf. The salt is at the very core of who we are in Christ. It is meant to be, as, as Janet Hunt would say, to be shaken out. It's meant to be taken up out of the bag. Or she, she lived near the Mississippi River and she would watch those barges going up and down the Mississippi River and she knew that one of the main uh, items that was being shipped up and down in some of those barges were salt. She said, salt is no good unless it's actually taken up out of the belly of the barge and actually put to use. And I want to encourage you to think about some of those people in your life who have been salt of the earth to you. And I want to share with you because I've had the privilege of having people in my life, and they are numerous. But I'm going to share with you about a couple of people in my life who I worked with when I was a camp director back in Wisconsin. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make the bold assertion that they were the best property and maintenance crew of any Bible camp in the country. Because in my mind, they were. David Weiss and Fred Alborado. When they came to work every single day, their salt shaker was open and they were ready to shake their salt. David was and David still is probably one of the most gifted and most talented wood craftsmen I have ever known in my life. If you visit the Bible camp where I was the camp director back in Wisconsin for over 20 years, every building on that site will have the presence of David Weiss in the building. David Weiss, his signature, his saltiness, is all over every single building at Luther Point Bible Camp because he came and shared 
the craftsmanship of his life, wood. And that's part of his saltiness. If you were to ask David Weiss, he would be one of those quiet pew people. Man of few words. But when it came to living out his life and wanting to minister to people, he lived his life by ministering to people with wood. The other person was Fred. Fred, perhaps a very, I I, I think of him as being an extremely simple man. All of his life, he was a roofer. Imagine the tough life of being a roofer. Being up on top of these houses day in and day out, removing shingles, removing all those tar and all those shingle nails. I mean, any of you have ever done shingling work, it is not easy work. It is back breaking hard work. I have done my fair share of shingling in my life, and I'll tell you, it's one of the least favorite jobs that I ever want to do. But I'll tell you, when you see those guys here in Lake Havasu City, they're up on roofs putting on those things, you better appreciate what they're doing because that's back-breaking hard work. And Fred was a hard-working, faithful man of God who came to work every day, and whatever he was called upon to get done, he got done. If it was mowing grass, it was fixing broken windows or fixing and repairing screens and screen doors. If it was painting or staining or blowing snow and plowing snow or helping with remodeling or plumbing, you name it, he was on the spot and he made it get done. He was David's right-hand man. And both men came to work every single day with their salt shakers open, ready to share every day when they set foot on that campsite. But most importantly of all, most importantly now, not just the work that they did, but they were men that I had the privilege to know, to have a friendship with and to have a relationship with. And they were, they were heart men. They were men of a solid, godly heart. And I had the privilege to journey with them in ministry, a ministry that touched thousands of youth and multiple generations of people with the love of Christ. You know, someone has suggested that we take some time to start a salt and light log. I believe it was David Lose in my reading of him this week. He says, we should start a salt and light log where we practice pointing out where we see someone else being light and salt. And again, I'm going to encourage you to think about doing that. I don't think most of us do that enough. I don't think enough of us take the time to do much journaling in life. In a certain sense, that's what he's asking us to do. To practice pointing out where we see someone else being salt and light, and at the same time, looking and seeing where God, because we see other people being salt and light, at the same time, also then, asking ourselves how it is that God is using us to also be salt and light in the world. And he says that the goal is to help people start looking for God in the world and to also come to believe that they are vessels through which God is working. That means you and me. To come to believe that we also are vessels which God is, in which God is working. I don't know about you. I, I, I kind of, I mean, I don't know if it's out of habit I, I do turn the TV on and I do watch the news, but you know there's a part of me that doesn't even want to do it anymore 
Because every time I turn on the news, I see a world that needs us to be leading with blessing. I see a world in which people really need to take seriously what it means to be the salt of the world, salt of the earth. You know, I started this meditation today by reflecting upon those people who have seasoned my life, who, is, who have enriched my faith with their presence, with their saltiness, with their humility, their empathy, their sense of justice and inclusion. Those people who have been the salt of the earthness to me. And I want you to think about that today and tomorrow and maybe multiple days to come. And I want to conclude with words from Reverend Helen Hunt. She says, that Jesus says these words to you today. You, and it's not just the individual you, it's the, it's the, it's the collective plural y'all, y'all. Y'all are the salt of the earth. You are of great value. You all are of great value. And I, I think we have a hard time, as, as Lutherans, I think we have a hard time because the, one of the words that we keep hearing is from the Apostle Paul is, we hear the Apostle Paul says that we shouldn't boast well, you know, it's okay to, to boast as long as we boast in Jesus Christ. You know, that the reason why we are the salt of the earth, the reason why we are the light of the world is because Jesus has made it possible for us. It's only because of Jesus that we can be salt, that we can be light, and that we are light and that we are salt. And that's why we can boast, because we can boast of it in Christ Always put the Jesus part on there first. So as you're thinking about those ways in which you are salt and you are of great value, you say to yourself, I am of great value, I am salt, and I am light because Jesus makes it possible for me to be light and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to do it. She says, who and what you are and all that you give the world make the world better, a richer place, and all you have to do is get out of your shaker. All you got to do is get out of that bag, got to get out of that barge with that belly of salt. Get that salt out of the belly of that barge and be and do what you were made to be and do. You are the salt of the earth. Believe it. Amen. I invite you to join me now as we pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace. Tell what God has done. Thanks be to God.